it recording? It's recording now. All oh, right, OK. One, two, three, four. Go, girls, go, 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 go. We girls gonna take control. Wake me up before I drop out on you. Episode three. We're still doing it. Yay. Yay. And girls allowed. Girls allowed. Anyway. Favourite music video that Girls Loud ever did? Go. Uh, the show. Really? Yeah. I just love it when pop stars do a character video. It's like the Spice Girls say you'll be there. I think every good girl group needs one character video. I like a whole lot of history. That's the one in France, right? Yeah. It's quite sweet. They've all got nice coats on. Very, very, uh, like, apprentice finalists' coats. Ooh. Yeah. I'll tell you what's a good one, and it's one of my least favourite Girls Aloud songs. Sexy No 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 is one of my least favourite Girls Aloud singles, but the video is just incredible. It's like their, their one and only, and it's a success, high fashion video. And it's high, like, they look amazing. Uh, it's fairly low concept, like, it's just about the look, but it looks incredible. Sexy No No No, to me, is one of my favourite singles that they... There's a bit too much going on in it. When they perform it, it's epic. Mm-hmm. I love it. I... Really like the promise video. That felt like it's a shame that, that was quite close to the end of their career because that felt for me like they'd really stepped up a gear in terms of like how much money was being put into them and the like the production levels. That felt like a big moment. The random horn that Kimberly does in the promise, which isn't in the song, when Sarah when Sarah's up against the Walking Primrose. Yeah. And she's like, here I am. And, and Kimberly beeps. That's not in the song. Get off! <laughs> yeah. She's drunk. So Girls Loud had 23 music videos from right. Sound of the Underground to Beautiful Cause You Love Me. Underrated. And was a promo single, wasn't actually a single. It was a promo single enough for them to go on TV and try and sell it. But they had 23 music videos. Now, Trudy Belinger? Belinger? We'll ask her. Trudy. Trude. <laughs> Trudy D. directed six of them. Mm-hmm. Six r- Six bangers, actually. Mm, she directed, yeah. Well, I'll Stand By You is... TBC, banger. I'm I, sure there's a remix. Yeah. Um, six good videos. Six, yeah, six good videos. So they were... The Show. I'll Stand By You. Walk This Way. Sexy No No No. The Promise. And Oh Baby, If You Find I'm Not... The, the Loving Kind. I think that's one of their most underrated songs. Um, I think that, that. Yeah, I know. I think the song is really sweet. I, it's obviously not their biggest song, but I think the production is good. The songwriting is good. The kind of just there's something just really sweet and good natured about it. And uh, I think a lot of people think it's one of their worst songs, and it wasn't one of their biggest hits. But for me, it's uh, their most underrated single. It's got a better production than some of Girls Loud's Christmas songs. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Well, that didn't go well. No. Hello. Hi, Trudy. It's Hi, Daniel. Hi, Trudy. And it's Michael here. Hello. Sorry, I just missed you. I literally just went into the other room to get my uh, headphones. <laughs> You wanna talk this way? Walk this way. You wanna talk this way? Walk this way. You wanna talk.
my background was I was a commissioner for EMI Records. I was head of creative and music video for about 12 years. So I was used to commissioning music videos and knowing exactly, you know, what was the best way to market a band, you know, whether it was a new band or, or, or you know, one of our established artists like Diana Ross or whatever. You know, it was, I, I, that was kind of my background of understanding all that. So when I then started directing myself, a lot of people came to me to kind of get not only my skills as a director, but also, you know, to sort of work as a creative consultant and, and to kind of, you know, look at the whole marketing side of the band. So um, the first one I, I got involved in um, with Girls Aloud was obviously the show. Someone save my heart today When someone turned the light back on It's ever since you went away The other rush is still so wrong That's just something That they are hunting They're always wanting More and more That's just something That they are hunting They're always wanting More and more They were trying to kind of go into it in a different direction at that point because they, they were still, you know, very new. The label... Polydor was having a problem because the obvious audience for Girls Aloud, um, you know, are young girls. Um, and it, I think with the first couple of videos, they w were alienating those. Like a lot of the, the um, kids were, you know, the girls were either jealous or thought they were too, you know, took themselves too seriously or they were too, you know, up themselves. And, and so it wasn't really kind of hitting in terms of sales you know, for the target audience. So that's when Polydor came to me and they said, you know, could I come up with, they, they basically wanted to sort of change the whole vibe. So instead of them just being, you know, posy girls, they wanted to show each of them as an individual with a, as their own personality and actually show that they could take the mickey out of themselves and that they were, you know, kind of fun girls that you'd want to hang out with and you could relate to and that they didn't take themselves seriously. So those were the kind of the key factors that I was given from the label. I came up with the concept of doing, you know, like a spoof kind of little sort of sitcom soap opera kind of show based in a, in a beauty salon. And, um, and then, you know, each girl sort of got her individual moments in in that which was really important to the label so that people could actually differentiate between each girl and and so you could like you know I mean the obvious sort of marketed thing where everybody has a, one of the girls that they can relate to you know um, so it, it, I mean that one was an interesting one because it was a bit you know it was a bit cheesy and it was a bit kind of um, slapstick humor and a bit silly but then we you know we were appealing to very young girls at that point so it kind of hit the mark then, and it really did sort of um, turn it around. And so that you know, the label were really thrilled that, that you know suddenly the girls became more accessible, and more likable, and more relatable for for you know the target audience. It's interesting that they wanted to uh, approach uh, a younger audience with a song that's about sex. <laughs> I know. Well. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, hey, that's the music yeah. industry, right? <laughs> and did the girls have input uh, in the names or the video, or was that strictly uh, your responsibility? Um, I mean, it changes. It changed as time go went on, and obviously, as um, as the girls became more successful and uh, you know and, and older, 
obviously, you know, then um, they, they would have a say on this particular one. Yes, they did in terms of the characters' names. I remember um, we... I remember sitting in a room with them all and, you know, and they were getting all excited and throwing names around. And we were just kind of thinking about more like which role they wanted to do. And like, and at that time, um, um, Nicola was really into, I don't know if you remember this, but back then she was really into um, suntanning and everything. And she, you know, like obviously in later years, she embraced her beautiful porcelain pale and, you know, freckly complexion. Prior to that, at that time, she was just like on sunbeds all the time and just, you know, trying to kind of fight against being, you know, a, a very, you know, white skinned redhead. And um, so because of that, you know, they were like, oh, she should definitely be, um, you know, like the tanning booth girl. So then, you know, I was trying to think of something Tanner. And I mean, it kind of was a play on. I, I mean, obviously, we, I think we went for Chelsea Tanner. Yeah. I, I, I actually haven't seen the video for a long time. And that was obviously based on, this shows my age, it was based on, like, I just thought of, you know, Elsie Tanner from Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> Elsie like, oh, Tanner, that sounds like a kind of, you know, a, a, a made in Chelsea kind of name. What were the girls like to work with? Uh, is there any one of them that took direction better than the others or anything like that? It changed, I have to say. I mean, they changed very much. I mean, I have to say at the beginning, I think... I think at the beginning, you know, I mean, Nicola was the youngest then. She was really young. She hadn't come out of herself then, as, as, as you know, and I think it was, you know, kind of quite obvious. So, um, and I think when people lack a bit of confidence or just not really sure about themselves, then they feel a little bit more uncomfortable. So sometimes in order to, um, you know, to kind of deal with that, they might, you know, they might sort of fight against things because they're so insecure. Do you know what I mean? So she, I think at the, on the first one, you know, she, it wasn't that she was difficult at all, but she just, um, she was, wasn't a, te she was a teenager. Yeah, a exactly. Teenager. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, she actually, you know, I have to say like, I'm in loving kind you know, I mean, I thought she was am amazing to work with on that. She'd sort of, it was just like she'd become this incredible swan, you know. she, I mean, she really did kind of, you know, she'd suddenly embraced the fact that she was going to be very fashion-y and she was going to, you know, em embrace the, the looks that she had. And she got, you know, she sort of became the fashion one. loved working with Sarah like Sarah was my kind of I don't know she was a bit nuts and um but, but like just could give it like take direction so well and I she kind of we would always have a rhythm together so I I mean when I direct I tend to sort of like act things out as I'm doing it so they can like so sometimes like watch me and copy or whatever as I'm as, as we're doing things I mean certainly in the earlier days with Sarah, it was almost like we were like a, a mirror. I could, I'd move one, but she would exactly get it, like hit her mark every time. And that, you know, and that was amazing. Hero. 
they won the Brit for the promise, did you feel quite proud? Yeah, I, I did actually. Um, it was, yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, and I mean, I loved it. I remember with that particular song, I, I, nobody else scripted on that actually. I was a single pitch, because I don't know if you know how, how this works, but ordinarily a record company will get, you know, between, I don't know, three or even 20 directors to write on an idea. So they'll come to you and most people will get the brief. And a lot of the time, I have to say, um, unless you, you kind of get, you tend to get briefs that are just so kind of vague, like, oh, we want sexy and pop, but with an edge. That's what kind of like, and you're like, uh, that really doesn't give me much to go on. Um, so in a lot of cases, you're just kind of pitching against lots of other directors. And... But by then, I, you know, the label and Peter Lorraine, who was uh, running the um, creative on the label, you know, he uh, and, and the managers, you know, knew me and trusted me. And so um, they uh, we basically had a, a week to turn well to actually shoot that one. You know, like normally you would have uh, you would get the track and then directors would script and you'd be looking at shooting maybe sort of, you know, three, four weeks later because obviously the record company have to collate all the ideas. They go through, they pick their shortlist, they send it to the manager and maybe to the band. And then, you know, then the director's picks, picked. And then you obviously go into pre-production, you know, which involves, you know, like styling of the girls and choreography and finding locations or building sets and da, da, da. So that kind of takes another week. And then you shoot and then you're in post. You know, again, post can be, you know, depending on how post-heavy the, the video um, is, you know, it can it can take anything from a week to a month or two months even. Um, so so on this particular one, they had to shoot, and I think it was because of girls' availability. They had to shoot like I mean something crazy, like four days later. So there was no time to go and get other directors to script. So they just came to me. They asked um, this is the the label and Hillary Hillary Shaw, um, who's the was the girls' manager, and they said can you come and do a meeting like right now? And, and I think it was like in the, in the evening as well that they called me and I just went round to the record company um, chap's house because it was like out of hours. And we literally sat there, me and the manager and him, and I just threw ideas. At, I listened to the song and I loved it. I mean, I knew that this had kind of, it was, it was really different to any of their other songs and I knew that this was a, a big hit. It was just brilliant. I loved that whole sort of 60s feel. So I threw a few ideas at them there and then and they were like, look, we haven't got time for you to do like a whole treatment, which, you know, to write a whole treatment can take a few days and you put all your visuals in and it can be like a whole kind of like Bible type thing. And there wasn't time for that. So um, I said, look, let me go back and tonight I'll write up like just a paragraph idea on like, you know, a few ideas and then you guys pick in the morning because we'll have to start like straight away. And so um, I wrote like five paragraphs, like five totally different ideas and, and sent them off that night. And then in the morning they called me and said, yeah, we want to do the drive-in, which uh, you know, is obviously the one we did. So then, you know, I had to put that together, me and my producer, in literally three days. And, you know, so, you know, that's why the, the choreography in it um, you know, I mean, it's kind of quite basic, but, you know, it really, it, you know, it really worked because it had that sort of 60s feel about it. And then I shot it in a studio um, and um, and we kind of, you know, sort of, well, a lot of it was done in post, you know, like the obviously where the 
um, cinema screen models, all that was built in post. Um, and I had about, I don't know how many cars, I had maybe about six real cars. Um, and then, um, you know, we sort of like just built little areas within the studio, but they were like little sort of scenario setups. It wasn't like a whole big set, how it looks in the finished thing. It was like tiny little setups. So we just had, a, you know, a few cars one way and a bit of dirt on the floor and a, and a sort of little kind of like fence. And, um, and a couple of um, street lamps, and, and that was it, really. Um, and then um, for the wide shots, <laughs> me and my producer, this, uh, we, we found, we, we got all these um, toy cars, and then we painted them <laughs> with nail varnish and everything. And so those <laughs> wide shots are just tabletop model shots that me, literally me and my producer had just like got our nail varnish out and tried to, you know, make all the, make it look like, you know, we're at a sort of big 60s driving, but it was like, you know, literally little toy cars. The videos that you create are obviously, you know, complimenting the girls. How, mm. in comparison to the, to the other videos that they did, did you get that impression that they were more comfortable with you because you were a female? Um, yes, I would say, um, well, I, I mean, I, I obviously see from a female perspective, there have been a couple of other videos that they've done that for me, I felt were a little bit gratuitous in a way. Like I always made sure that, and I do make sure, and I hope it's obvious in my work that even though my women that I shoot, the women I shoot, um, are very, very sexy, that they always have the power. And I always, you know, I, and I think I can always tell if something's directed by a guy or a female, because I think in, you know, when it's directed by a woman, it just isn't as gratuitous. And some angles and things on the girls that other people have done, I've been just like, oh, this is so tacky or this is, Joe, you know, and and, it, and I, I became very protective about them, obviously, because I worked with them for so long that, um, you know, sometimes I, you know, certain things they did, I just thought, oh, why have they gone, you know, we were on our way this way and now they've gone this way and, you know, it's gone more tacky or it's gone more gratuitous or it's too obvious or, you know, whatever. So I used to get, but then they'd always come back. So, so I think they'd kind of do something with me and then think, oh, let's try someone else. And they'd be on there, let's go back to the <laughs> Um And I think, I mean, I know, you know, obviously the promise, I think that the video did help. I mean, the song was phenomenal anyway, but I think definitely that, you know, the video definitely helped. I mean, it was weird actually, because I moved out to LA and um, and I met this um, this a big big movie producer here, and um, um, we were chatting, and I was saying, well, you know, I want to get into movies, but I haven't got any, you know, I haven't got any film experience in terms of, you know, uh, you know, narrative or shorts or whatever. And um, and then suddenly she looked at my website, and then she called me the next day. And she went, oh my god, you are the person who directed my favorite video of all time, and it was The Promise. And because of that, um, she attached me to a movie. And she said, you know, I just think that's so brilliant. And I love, you know, so I mean, so it, it kind of, it was one of those videos that, you know, some, you know, that really kind of resonated, I think, with some people. So, you know, that one in particular, I was really proud of. And then Sexy No, 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 that one won the Virgin Media Award, I think, in about 2009. And the Virgin Media Award was, you know, an award that was global. So I was up against your Rihanna's and your Beyonce's and everything for that one. And, and, and girls allowed who weren't really well known over here in the States, you know, the fact that that one, you know, won that award was um, was amazing. And that was one of my, I have to say, I, I, that's one of my favorite videos. I but love then that I love video. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about it before we it's did this. so artistic. 
I, I really wanted to ask you, like, what was your treatment for that? Because it's just so beautifully shot. Yeah. Well, what happened with that one is um, they came to me, the label's brief on that was they wanted to do something really edgy. They wanted to take the girls away. I think, I can't remember, and you probably know this better than me, I can't remember which was the single before that, but it was, I don't think it was one I did. No, and they'd I, gone... I think we're alone now. Right. And I think it had just gone a bit sort of tacky and mainstream um, and poppy or whatever. And they wanted to take them up a gear and make it edgy and make them cooler so that they could cross over to an older audience and and to show that they were growing up because they didn't, you know, they they wanted, they were starting to get into, you know, kind of cooler fashion and everything. And they wanted to look more credible and, and not just be seen as, you know, a young girl band at that point. done um, a music video for um, a big Russian artist called Dima Balan and, um, and I think actually I think he was like he was in the Eurovision one year but he's a big one of the biggest Russian pop stars and I'd done a few videos for him that had like won MTV awards and everything so and, they, and they'd spent a lot of money on those videos like really um, and I was able to have lots of toys and try things out and in one of the videos, I had the dancers in um, like those really big dresses. Um, and um, and I, it, it was just like, a, you know, a couple of seconds in this video of like these dancers just moving and, you know, with like 20 foot dresses on. And it was so cool. And I was just, you know, I, I was frustrated that I couldn't do a whole video like that because it was my favorite bit of the Russian video. The rest was, you know, kind of a, was a bit crap and a bit Russian. But the, the dress bit was amazing. And um, so I showed that to um, the the band and to um, the label, and and they loved it. And I said, well, you know, I could do this whole thing where, you know, uh, it, you know, it's just all kind of cool and abstract. And I wanted to use swing and tilt lenses, so you get that kind of cool, artistic, you know, out of focus in one part of the image, and you know, and kind of and just sort of all being suggestive. And then I came up with the. I don't know why, but I kept on. I came up with the idea of. Um, do you remember that? You're probably too young, but there, there was a game um, in the 70s called Kaplunk. Yes, oh, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so the whole. I kind of it kept on coming up with this idea of like the girls being in some kind of like weird chamber and um, and like and you know and the you know like Kaplunk. And then the, you know, the needles kind of like coming through and just sort of narrowly missing them and then them getting trapped in this chamber. So that was kind of my initial sort of starting point. And that's sort of, you know, when they're in the rubber later on and then those kind of like needles all come through. And that was all based on Kaplan. So <laughs> <laughs> make mad. And is it true that for the bodysuit sections, they mm -hmm. had to be covered in lube to get in them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember... Um, we used to have our office at that point. Um, my production company at that point was um, at the, um, you know, where the Gate Cinema is in Notting Hill. And we, we had an office um, uh, above that. 
And uh, um, and I, I'll never forget, they, they girls all came over to have their fitting and we had them in the conference room and we got just like all, you know, windows all the way along, like right on Notting Hill Gate. And then we sort of realized that actually they're all going to have to lube up and put these on. So then we were like trying to like put, cur you know, we didn't have curtains or anything. So we were like trying to hang things up at the windows so nobody could see it. It was like, oh my God, this would just be a Pap's dream that you have to live with for the rest of their lives. So yeah, they. I mean, it was really, really hard because those were, you know, proper tight latex suits. So the only way um, to get in them was with um, uh, 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 this like lube stuff. Yeah. And but, uh, after you finished working with the girls, have you kept in touch with any of them over the years, or seen them, or run into them? Um. Huh. I. I mean, I scripted. It's kind of interesting because the last one I did was Love and Kind, mm -hmm. and um, and then I scripted on most of Cheryl's solo um, singles um, after that, and and Nicola. I script, so I've scripted on their stuff, but um, but I've I haven't ever you know I didn't get awarded the job, so I don't know whether it was because you know I, I think sometimes. I think actually with the first Cheryl one, I think it was that she wanted to do something and work with somebody that wasn't girls allowed, that they want, you know, she wanted it to be something that was, you know, totally her thing. And I think maybe they felt if I did it, it might have a girls allowed feel and she wanted to separate from that. Mm -hmm. um, and the one with Nicola, I, it, I remember it was, it wasn't a very big budget. And so, uh, you know, um, I, I I wrote ideas, but you know I I think probably they felt that they could get more production value with other you know directors um, because you know it was because there wasn't much money. It was there wasn't a lot I could do really on that kind of budget. To end, we just want to ask you of all the videos you made for Girls Aloud, which is your favourite? Huh? It changes. I mean, I think I mean Loving Kind is actually quite genius. <laughs> I have to say. Um, at points. At points, there are like, you know, maybe 400 layers that, you know, so when you look at like the wide shots where you've got, you know, all the tiny, tiny, tiny little boxes, I mean, each one of those has something different going on in them. And then, um, and then, you know, at points, you know, I would, we, I had like choreography so that then we would in the edit almost, you know, put the girls together and choreograph it in the edit, if you sort of mean. So at points, they would all move at exactly the same point, but they were obviously all shot singularly. So from a from a aesthetic point of view, I really like that one. And mm -hmm. um, But I love Sexy No-No, yeah. and I love The Promise. Um, the one that's, again, and I just wanted to mention this because it's probably, you know, I don't know whether it probably looks like the worst video, and I remember there was quite a lot, you know, some people were quite sort of, I don't know, sort of derogatory about it. And it's the Sugar Babes and, um, you yeah, know, Walk This Way. And with that one, obviously, that was um, the charity single for Comic Relief. And even though when you look at that video, it's a bit like, oh, okay, it's kind of not a very good spoof of Run DMC and, you know, whatever. Um, that video is actually very, very clever because I shot it with everybody separately. <laughs> So they're all actually composited together and reacting to people that are not even there. When, so when it was all shot, they were non, nobody was available at the same time. So you know, I actually had Sugar Babes together um, as as one band, but then Girls Aloud, I had like two and then two and then one, and um, and they were shot like with you know maybe a week in between each wow. one because it's just availability. We shot it at Christmas, 
And um, and it was an absolute nightmare because <laughs> you know, they were having to, you know, react. I was going, okay, so she's going to be smashing this now and you're jumping back. And they're just going, what? I don't understand, you know. And so, and I, and obviously we had to keep the set, set up during that whole time. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it was really tricky to, you know, keep going back and revisiting and then compositing it all together so that they actually look like they're together on stage and looking at each other and reacting to each other is, you know, was really tricky. And then, and, you know, then we only had the audience there for one day. So then we had to kind of composite them and duplicate them. And, and then, oh, and then on the fourth day, I had the celebrities, you know, like um, the Graham Nortons and the Ruby Waxes and, and, and all those. So mm -hmm. it really was quite a feat. And when you look at it, you kind of think, oh, it's, you know, it's a really crappy version of um, a spoof run DMC but actually it it is a very tricky clever video when you think well they none of them were together if you watch it again now you'll you know you'll kind of hopefully appreciate it more definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, that, but that was the one that I, I have you know I mean I don't like reading comments you know when you have things on YouTube and you whatever and you, oh, you read people's stay comments away. And, yeah, and with that one, oh my God, it was just like, and I mean, it was meant to be silly and it was meant to be slapsticky and all that, but I just so wanted to reply to some of those comments. Do you realise none of those? She <laughs> yeah, is a bloody good video. Um, thanks so much <laughs> for your time. Yeah. Today. How do you pronounce your surname? Is it Bellinger or Bellinger? Um, Bellinger. Bellinger. Great. Bellinger. Trudy Bellinger. Amazing. Okay, well, thank you again for your time. It's been brilliant. You wanna talk this way? Walk this way. You wanna talk this way?